Welcome to the podcast of Hill Country Institute Live, Exploring Christ and Culture, a program of Hill Country Institute in Austin, Texas. The Hill Country Institute is a nonprofit organization dedicated to renewing and equipping the body of Christ to engage culture in changing times with the heart and mind of Christ. Our special guests today are a member of the prayer ministry of First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio and a couple who minister in Mexico who teach and work to bring families together in deeper and more intimate ways and to establish strong biblical foundations for the flourishing of Mexico. One of the key verses that we want to bring to mind is 1 Thessalonians 5.17. We're called to pray without ceasing. Now that prayer can include every aspect of our life, but we're also called to partner with our friends who are members of the body of Christ and to pray for our neighbors, to pray for our people we know, pray for people we don't know, and particularly to pray for our neighbors. Now, First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio, their prayer ministry is very involved in organizing prayer, bringing it into the church, and joining together with other groups to pray for important things that they identify that we want to be thinking about. And so praying for Mexico is, a, is an initiative and a hope for uh, outcome of the First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio Prayer Ministry. Rick Lane and Chris and Francella McReynolds, thank you for being with us today. We really appreciate your time. Rick, would you tell us about the prayer ministry at First Presbyterian Church in San Antonio? Yes. Thank you, Larry, for having us here today. It's a pleasure for First Pres to be able to work with Hill Country Institute, and we really appreciate your ministry at the Hill Country Institute of helping churches uh, reach into the culture and uh, to help us organize our uh, outreach. The prayer ministry at First Presbyterian is uh, was set up to help members of the church and committees of the church organize corporate prayer and also to, uh, to help the church study prayer and to study the, the power of prayer and uh, the ways of, uh, the, that the Bible teaches us about prayer. So... That's a, that's a, that's kind of a backbone or core value of the church, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So that's great. Well, one of one of the people that I know you pray for regular, or, or a couple of the people that you pray for regularly, are are uh, Chris and Francella McReynolds. So, Chris and Francilia, welcome. Good morning. Good yes. morning, so everybody. Yeah. So glad you're here with us. Now, uh, you're both involved in ministry in Mexico, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, on a, on a personal side, how did the, how did you meet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll start. <laughs> uh, I was uh, working on the border in ministry um, in Nuevo Laredo, and, and we were working with a program called AMA Program. And I made a trip to Mexico City to share that with the, the uh, basically the headquarters of the church that we were working with. And the person I met with was Francelia. Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, five years ago now, and and uh, so that's how we met. And uh, yeah, at that time I was working for uh, the General Assembly of my church, the Nash, uh, the church in Mexico, and I was producing a curriculum for our church. So he was involved in, you know, teaching children with the AMO program, and I was working in Christian education. So we see it as a providential from God putting us together. Sure. So you so you began to do ministry. And then something else happened. Mm-hmm. And, and I think now you're married, aren't you? Yes, yes. we are. <laughs> yes, yeah. we are. Almost for four years. Oh, that's great. 
Mm-hmm. So, so God has ways of working that are beyond things that we might yes. expect. Oh, we? yes. <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Now, I understand that several churches uh, work with you in your ministry, the Global, Commission, Global Missions Committee of First Presbyterian Church, for instance, and Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church in Austin. Right. So, so you're, you, in a way, represent churches coming together to reach out into Mexico, don't you? Yes. Yes, we have a very wonderful, privileged, blessed um, opportunity to work with churches of, um, from New Hampshire to Texas to in between. Um, and it's just, um, we're always thankful for the God choosing us to, to be sort of the, the go between and the, the facilitators of the relationships between the churches in the U.S. and the churches in Mexico. Sure. And part, part of our calling as, as Christians is to, is to be a good neighbor. Yes. And so Mexico is our closest neighbor in the region. In Mark 12:31, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So part of our calling really is is to be those good neighbors. So, uh, and then a, a second a second thing that that kind of gives a a backdrop, if you will, to how we think about culture, and in, in uh, Genesis one twenty eight, there's the creation mandate, the 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 calling that we have to take dominion over the over the earth and to create culture. So as as good neighbors and as Christians called to create culture and be good stewards. We, we want to facilitate the uniqueness and beauty of cultures around the world because God had this sense of, of cultures being a way of people expressing themselves. And as he was the creator, then we are to be sub-creators, as, as Tolkien said. Mm-hmm. So what, what should people know about Mexico in terms of its history, in terms of its current reality that impedes its flourishing in the way that God would have intended it to flourish? Well, it's interesting. Um, God is the author of history. In our program, uh, we have the, the curriculum, the AMO program uses curriculum in, we, in which we teach history. And it's very important, it's very interesting that you're asking this question because God is the God of history. He is the author of history, of all history. And obviously, history has uh, to do with, you know, uh, the history of my country in, in, in Mexico. The history of Mexico, it's... Uh, you know, comes back to, you know, the foundation. You know, Christopher Columbus, uh, uh, a Christian person that saw the calling, that failed the calling of God, and he came, you know, to discover a new world. And it all goes back to that. Uh, he had good intentions to obviously, you know, bring the gospel. And then we know, you know, there were parts of the history that probably are very sad to remember. However, the Lord is always, he was always there. His eternal plan was always there. And, and of course, uh, history has to do with um, why Mexico sometimes hasn't flourished the way we all hope as Mexican citizens. Mm -hmm. So, um, we believe that God has a plan, but we need to start with the biblical foundation so that the flourishment comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I always help, find it helpful. To, um, we always think back to the conquistadors and <clears throat> all the tragedies that followed, but um, the conquistadors had uh, Christian goals, but they also had anti-Christian goals, um, uh, and that's a, a really the heart of the problem that... Uh, um, 
is affecting Mexico and nations around the world, even the U.S. today, and that's uh, a dual-mindedness. Mm -hmm. uh, and so um, uh, that's what we, we try to deal with and focus on is, is helping to um, uh, embrace the mind of Christ and be more holistic in our thinking and our actions and everything we do. So we're, we're working with families in that, that, that vein. Sure. And if I can jump in on that, to, uh, to ask Chris and Francelia a question, can you tell us a little bit about the history of the Bible in Mexico? Because with, with all cultures have this problem of dual-mindedness. All individuals mm -hmm. have it. and But it's through attention to the gospel, to the word of God, that we're able to submit that to Christ to, to have it resolved. And we do that prayerfully. Sure. Um, and, and so if you can tell us a little bit of the background of why is it that the Bible had less influence in resolving this dualism in Mexico during its 500-year modern history. Yeah, it was not until the mid-1500s uh, to the mid-1800s, it is about 300 years, that actually um, it was illegal for people to read the Bible. So we didn't, uh, people in Mexico didn't have access, obviously, to the Bible to be the foundation of their education, to be the foundation of their families, to be the foundation of the community. So uh, even though, you know, the conquistadors brought the gospel, you know, they brought Christ, but they didn't allow, you know, the native people to have access to the Bible. So that has to, to do a lot of why, uh, you know, we don't see the flourishment expected, you know, since, you know, they brought the gospel, they even baptized people in the name of Christ, but um, Bible was not the foundation of our country that has uh, an impact in our nation. Sure. When the Bible is not the foundation, you know, of your country, then you see things not happening the way God meant them to be. So the Bible was not available in Spanish from about 1550 to 1965. Yeah, correct? we would say that. Right. Uh, before that, it was not available in Spanish, but it was available in Latin to common mm -hmm. people, and it was being translated into native languages. And But in 1965, things changed with the Vatican II Council, made it uh, culturally appropriate in, this, in, in, in that majority Catholic country, to, to read the Bible in their own language. Is that correct? Yes, it is and, correct. And then there was also a sort of period after that where there had been generations who had been taught, don't read the Bible in your own language. So mm -hmm. there, it took a few decades for, for the use of the Bible to grow. Exactly. And yeah. there's, there's still some parts of Mexico and some native languages that are only now beginning to get the Bible in their own language. Yeah, that's a very uh, sad part of our, of, of our history. We uh, now as Christians, uh, you know, it's very recent that we have started to read the Bible, mm -hmm. you know, in a, let's say, in a reformed yeah. way going back to what God says and not only an interpretation from somebody else. Mm -hmm. So that's been a, a great deal in, in the history of Mexico. Somebody either inter interpreting what the Bible says, what God says, and then that's the education. But now we see more uh, growing growth of people going and reading the Bible. So that that's a great help then in, in a foundational way exactly. for the changing mm -hmm. The culture, yes, yeah, because yeah, I know in the states we 
we've in the past had Bible knowledge. Now, for younger people, there's frequently a lack of that knowledge. Mm-hmm. So the dualism that we talked about, you just need to connect the dots in a way. Right. It's not just Sunday morning. It's also Monday morning. Right. But mm-hmm. if you don't know about Sunday morning, you don't know what to connect on mm-hmm. Monday. So you've got a gap. And so exactly. you've, you've got people with the, the gap, in a sense, but you've also got people that have no foundation yes. in Mexico. And, that's, right. and we'll get into more about that. But as, as we think about the, the foundations of, of what makes a society flourish, uh, we have real people with real concerns in Mexico, mm-hmm. and you're there, you know, in the flesh, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, in an, in an incarnational, in, incarnational way, just as Jesus was here mm-hmm. amongst us. So when we think about praying for Mexico, and if you're just joining us, this is, a, this is a program about praying for Mexico. We're praying for the flourishing, for the blessing, uh, for God's hand to be on Mexico so that it can become the country that God would see it becoming in full with a beautiful culture and, and prosperity in the heart of Christ. So Amen. How, yeah. So how do, we, how do we pray for the blessing of Mexico today? Well, there's, uh, I'm kind of overwhelmed by that question because there's so many things to, to pray for uh, that we can pray for and should pray for. But um, one of the things uh, that, we're, that God has us working on now and, and his task and his plan is to integrate the churches. Uh, a lot of times in, in Mexico you have wonderful ministries, but they're sort of lone rangers that are trying to, um, carry the whole burden themselves. And so uh, prayer for the integration of the, the churches in Mexico would be uh, is, a, is a wonderful way to pray for Mexico. So to pray that we would be one right. in Mexico. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I will, you know, as a Mexican, uh, like Chris was saying, there are a lot of needs that you see around and you wish that everybody will kneel down and start praying. You know, there are churches that are gathering together sometimes in special, you know, festivals and in, in special holidays, sorry, um, to gather and pray for Mexico. We actually do like a walk for Mexico and we pray, you know, on the streets. And so that is wonderful to see. Uh, However, I would say, to be specific, if you will pray for the law in Mexico, that God will bring a generation, a new generation that will be involved in law so that God would use his law to be you know, the foundation of the law in Mexico, yes. and as well as education. Mm-hmm. You know, the, our uh, current president, Enrique Peña Nieto, it's been working a lot in ref, uh, reforms for education. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, in, at a certain degree, it has worked, even though probably you have heard it has caused a lot of, you know, uh, convulsion or, or, you know, mm-hmm. problems per se. However, we know as Christians that we can have big efforts to work in education, to pray for education, to pray for the law, to pray for fatherless generations, uh, health and family. But if Jesus Christ is not the foundation of all that, you know, it, nothing is going to happen. So if you mind praying for president of Mexico, the presidents to come as well, uh, the lawyers that are involved, that more Christians will be involved in uh, writing law, working in law, 
uh, more Christian educators to be involved in education, you know, to start Christian church, uh, I'm sorry, Christian schools with this mindset, Christ as the foundation. Pray for uh, more children to have their parents at home, to teach them, to train them, to model the biblical values, you know, that the Bible teaches. Health, you know, um, it's very sad to hear that Mexico, in its statistics, people are dying of diabetes, for instance. They're dying of cancer. You know, and there is a lack also there of education because health is related to education as well. Sure, nutrition, nutrition, exactly. Little package that you can do to take care of yourself. Right. So, see, again, many people tend to depend on government. You know, and yes, governments are have been put there because of God's you know purposes as well. But we need to teach the people that not depend only on the government, but depend on Jesus and start their. Christian self-governments within their hearts Mm -hmm. so that they, you know, could uh, ask the Lord to govern themselves because we can proclaim Jesus as our Savior, but if he's not our Lord, then nothing is going to happen. So I would say pray for health, you know, pray for families, you know, uh, education uh, in a biblical worldview and understanding is missing. So when you when you talk about self government, that's a that's an interesting term. You're not talking about a, a type of anarchy where each person mm-hmm. goes their own way, but you're talking about a self government that's subject to and under the lordship of Christ, aren't you? Right. Exactly. And yeah. actually, uh, we were going to share more about that later. Uh, our curriculum that we use in Amo, Amo means apacienta mis ovejas. It's an acronym for feed my lamb. So t- your your ministry is called Amo Mexico. Yeah. So let's just talk about it. You know, what, what, uh, what is Amo Mexico about? What does it mean? What are your goals? And what do you see happening in Amo Mexico? I'm going to allow Chris to say a little bit of the history, and then I'm going to introduce you to the Amo program in Mexico. Good. Um, probably starting in 2006 or so, um, Amo was introduced into Mexico. Um, Amo is produced by Chrysalis International, and I was introduced to the program in uh, about 2009 or so, and we, bank, we get, began using it. Um, and what it is is a, it's a biblical uh, worldview training for parents and, and teachers and other leaders in the church and uh, biblical Christian education curriculum for children. And it's um, five, typically a five-day uh, apprenticeship followed by... Um, various ongoing uh, counseling and uh, answering of questions and just walking with the folks who who take the training. And um, the the idea is that two generations are transformed, uh, the teachers and the the students. And so it's a whole, we call it a holistic uh, biblical Christian uh, approach so that we're not just trying to teach uh, specific Bible stories, et cetera, but although we do that, but we encompass um, Bible, classic literature, Christian history, and try to teach that, you know, there really is no subject under the sun that, that God is not uh, the master teacher of. Second Corinthians 10.5, take every thought captive. Exactly. That's really the underlying core of your program, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I would like to share about Psalm 1. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, I'm a, I'm the national trainer, uh, the only national trainer so far. Although we're very thankful that God is uh, <clears throat> has called already four more trainers. You know, because uh, thank God the demand is growing. You know, they, the families and the teachers, the churches, the leaders in general involved in education, Christian education in Mexico, and even non-Christian people that have heard the program, they get very impacted by this um principles that we teach because they see it as uh, really uh, the means that you know they don't believe in God the way we believe that they know there's a God you know above that he's only the one that can bring the the, the supernatural, you know, work, and that means for us the Holy Spirit to transform all this uh, mm-hmm. chaos. Because sometimes we see just a chaos in Mexico, you know, uh, mess. You know, you, we hear words like corruption, you know, in, um, infidelity, drug cartels, uh, etc. That just put us really uh, in a very sad mood. However. At the same time, all the Christians, we know that God is using, you know, his people in Mexico. You know, the the oldest uh, churches in Mexico are 144 years so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's interesting, and I'm very thankful, my personal testimony is, I'm very thankful to have been called by the Lord to be to become part of this ministry in Mexico. Uh, I was doing, like I said at the beginning, before I met Chris, because Chris is actually the one who introduced me to Amo. And it's interesting because uh, the beginning where we will say, uh, I should have probably shared that with you all at the beginning, how we met. Because yeah. Amo, you know, the ones that speak Spanish means I love you. <laughs> so the acronym is, you know, the same. <laughs> so they used to tease Chris and say, ah, oh, you introduced I love you to Francelia. And then we said, no, no, no. Amo means feed my lambs, apacienta mis ovejas. And then, ah, okay. Well, but that works. That works. God, you know, works every wonderful in very wonderful ways. So what I, I wanted to share is that when we train, because we have trainings that take place in five days, 30 hours, and theory and practical, uh, you know, uh, workshops that we have. So we uh, certify the teachers to become AMO teachers. And that has been very Im- impacting in the churches because even though many churches in Mexico have very good programs, we don't want to say that is the best program, We they love to hear about the curriculum. And this is uh, something that I share with them, you know, uh, when, I, when I'm training them. Uh, Psalm 1, uh, verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but he delights he, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and not and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So whatever we do in Christ will prosper. <clears throat> well, let's uh, we're getting we're getting close to the end of this segment. Why don't we have a brief prayer for Mexico, and uh, then when we come back, we can talk more about the AMO ministry. Amen. Would you like to pray? Sure. Um, I'm gonna. I'll try to do my prayer in Spanish and English. Uh, maybe there's some Spanish speakers. Uh, Dios bendito, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this great opportunity that you are giving us, Lord. Gracias por darnos esta oportunidad, Señor, de orar por México. 
Thank you, Lord, that you are concerned and that you love your people in all the nations, that you don't have uh, boundaries, Lord. You bring us all in one in Christ. Father, Lord, I pray for my country that you may continue raising up generations that know and bow and kneel before you, Father, that they may proclaim Jesus as the only Savior of Mexico, and that's the only way we can prosper. Padre, levanta más siervos tuyos en México que puedan proclamar a Cristo para que, Christ, para que México prospere en tu bendito nombre. Te lo suplicamos. Amén. Amén. Thank you. Well, it's time for a brief break. Uh, if you've just joined us, today we're encouraging prayer for Mexico. If you're interested in having a prayer service at your church or learning more about prayer for Mexico in general, please call our guest, Chris McReynolds, at 830-719-5812, 830-719-5812, and visit the website of hillcountryinstitute.org. We also encourage you to visit Hill Country Institute for recordings about faith and science and faith and work and faith and art and lots of other uh, faith-related application and culture. And we also encourage you to think about supporting the Hill Country Institute. So we want to thank our guests, Chris and Francelia McReynolds and Rick Lane of the Prayer Ministry at First Presbyterian Church San Antonio for being with us today. And we'll be back shortly. 